Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Show MBA edition. We are getting ready. We are getting right. We are getting excited. We have Millie Makers to win. We have Millie Makers to take down on FanDuel on DraftKings. We'll be talking a little bit more about the FanDuel one today. I, I guess I'm the host and I'm graced again by the presence of our founder, Jason Mizrahi. Jason, how you doing today, man? Chilling, man. Chilling, man. Waiting for this NBA to get back, man. I ate a nice meal. I don't know if these guys are eating nice meals down in Florida right now. Did you see these uh, these these dinners or menus that these guys have been having the last couple of days? Yeah, man. Disney World and the NBA are not at the top of the list, unfortunately, for gourmet food right now. I don't think it's as bad as the internet is making it out to seem. Honestly, it doesn't look that terrible. But if I had to eat it the entire time, it might get a little. It might get a little boring. It might get a little tired. They're going to hand out some of those turkey legs, keep people keep people happy with those, man. Love it, right? Maybe, uh, I guess, where are they going? Uh, what's that ride? Around the world? Small little world, something like that. Yeah, that's where they're going. They're going to have some fun there. But we are here tonight to talk more NBA, not just about the food, because you guys can look that up and read about it on BuzzFeed. We're here to talk about the DFS side. We're here to talk about the betting side, and we're very excited for Jason to turn the sound off on his cell phone. So let's uh, let's get into it. a little extra news that we do have. So Bradley Beal. So last week, everybody paying attention. Uh, we talked about how the Wizards had the possibility to make it. Are we going to put some money on them at plus 1700 or whatever to make the playoffs? And lo and behold, Bradley Beal drops out. So I guess you were right, Jason. There was uh, should have taken the minus 10,000 on them not <laughs> making the playoffs there. Yeah, it pretty much was automatic, man. I think you'll see a lot more of this, too, you know, there's not much motivation for certain teams to leave their family. It's kind of like going on a business trip that you don't want to go on. If you can find a way out, I wouldn't be shocked if more Nets, more Magic, you know, more Phoenix Suns, Wizards, even Grizzlies who are technically in but don't really have a shot, the Kings, the Spurs. There's a lot of these teams going down there with no chance of winning. Even the Utah Jazz, no chance of winning. Their team is too weak. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked to see more people fall out. You know, for, you know, some people have great reasons like Oladipo is rehabbing. Doesn't really make sense for him to make a run to push it. Other people have family obligations or having children or whatever the case may be. So I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot more of this and there's going to be not so much motivation to go down there and win. You know, if you're a ninth seed trying to get in or an eighth seed trying to make a run, and you really have no shot, and you know you have no shot beating the Clippers and the Lakers, like if the Grizzlies get in, yeah, they're going to try. Don't get me wrong. They're competitive. But certain people won't be too competitive. They're going to take mm-hmm. it easy. They're not going to work out as hard. And they're going to just go down there, do what they have to do, and, and they'll mail it in for the most part. So betting-wise, DFS-wise, I'm definitely going to play the psychological card as much as possible throughout the entire you know, first eight games. Once we get into the playoffs – I think teams are going to step up, but still certain teams are just, they don't have enough, man. The magic don't have enough where they're not going to make a run at the bucks. Yeah. And, and I, I think we've even kind of come to the assumption that the nets are probably going to take that eighth seat at this point. So the nets, just a a little extra update since we last spoke, um, Torian Prince has sat out. He, I think tested positive and decided, Hey, I'm not even going to bother, which can't really blame him. Spencer Dinwiddie, same thing. He actually tested positive again. So I think it was kind of a, he's just been sick this entire time kind of thing, which is unfortunate. So he has officially sat out. So just, um, I'm just going to run a couple guys by you, uh, that will actually be on the Nets roster. Um, Justin Anderson, former Virginia, great, uh, 
Joe Harris, he's actually pretty solid. Karis LeVert, really the only name on here that makes sense. Tyler Johnson, who the Nets tried to sign four or five years ago for an ungodly amount of number, uh, ungodly amount of money. Uh, Garrett Temple, uh, you know, do you, I don't know, man. I don't think these Nets, I don't think they're going to have it. They're going to play a lot of minutes, so maybe we have to check it out on the DFS side, but I don't think they're going to do too much of the playoffs. From a DFS side, Karis LeVert, when these guys are off the court and you're talking about Basically, Dinwiddie off, Kyrie off, KD was never on it. But, you know, for the most part, with all these guys off, he's going to have a usage rate that's higher than Giannis, higher than LeBron, higher than Harden, higher than Westbrook. So what a usage rate means is when he's got when he's on the court, he's involved in the game and he's either going to be shooting the ball or assisting to somebody. Mm -hmm. So Levert is going to be probably one of the highest owned players in these first eight games and even when the playoffs start because – He's guaranteed points. So you might want to fade him for ownership, but for raw points, depending on where DraftKings prices him, because they will they, they haven't announced pricing yet on DraftKings. They will bump up his price. Don't be shocked to see Karis LeVert only $500 or $1,000 cheaper than, you know, uh, not maybe a Giannis, but $1,000 cheaper than, you know, Devin Booker or a Paul George type. He might be more expensive than Paul George, because he's going to be the only superstar there. Because if they don't make, if they make him too cheap, he's going to be like seventy percent owned, sixty five percent owned, especially on Fanduel where there's a, there's less flexibility and you got to lock a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, and stuff like that. You know, Levert's going to be so highly owned. Where if you're trying to take down, you know, the million maker or a big GPP, you might want to fade him, um, but don't fade him in cash because he's going to be so highly owned and he will hit value. But we don't know the price yet. You know, so if DraftKings is smart, they'll they'll price him up big time to make it a level playing field. So if people roster him, he really has to go out there and do his thing, not just go out there and get automatic points because he's too mm-hmm. cheap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is there anybody else you would say on the Nets? Maybe Joe Harris, maybe Jarrett Allen that you would consider again, same thing. Maybe, maybe not as as highly owned or maybe not as highly priced, but still someone that could go out and absolutely hit value because that usage rate is going to be so high. I think Garrett Temple will be the sneaky one. Pricing really dictates a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen, he's pretty much a lock as well. You know, that's the second person that people are going to go to outside of Levert. Temple will be the sneaky guy that can shoot. He can get hot. He can sh- hit a couple threes. Don't be shocked if he puts up 18, 20 points. Joe Harris, I like his game too. Um, so Joe Harris, Garrett Temple will be the two guys. And I really got to see what, what lineup they roll out there. If they roll up Ty- Tyler Johnson as a starting point guard, you know, he's just going to get these guys going to get so many minutes mm-hmm. that their entire starting lineup will be stackable depending on, you know, the pricing. It really comes down to pricing because if they're cheap, you can play them all. You can play four or five guys from this lineup and feel totally safe with it. And don't feel bad about game stacking. It's where the value's at because, you know, during the regular season, there'd be times where three, four, five players were out with one team and now they're rolling around with a depth chart of seven, eight people. And one of those guys most likely won't even play much. So now they're going to just roll with seven people the entire game. And basketball comes down to minutes, man. If you're getting the minutes, it's not like baseball where Mike Trout can be facing the worst lefty in the league. And he's playing in a, in a hitter's ballpark. And he can line out 400 feet and get out four times and hit the ball perfectly every time. Just happen to hit it to somebody or somebody made a nice play. But in basketball, if you have time on the court, and you're going to get usage, which a lot of these nets will get, 
Mm-hmm. They're automatically going to get rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and obviously some points. So, you know, it really comes down to minutes more than anything else in basketball and usage. And, you know, these Nets play at a high pace too. So that pace, it's not like they're a slow team like the Utah Jazz who like to lock you down defensively, pass the ball around. No, the Nets keep moving and running. They're a young team. So these games typically end with the Nets scoring anywhere from 105 to 120 points, depending on who they're going against. So mm-hmm. they play at an up pace. They're going to be riding a short bench, and a lot of the usage is going to go to Levert, you know, go to guys like Garrett Temple. And then guys like Jared Allen, he never really got a full complement of minutes this year because he shared a lot of the center position with DeAndre Jordan. So now he's going to be a starter. He's going to go out there and get like four or five blocks a game sometimes grab you 10, 12, 15 boards. And offensively, he can put up some points and he can dunk on people. So he's a double-double machine that's going to get a full complement of minutes. So Jared Allen, you can lock him in as well, man. I love it, man. I love it. So hear that, Nets fans. You have something to do. You can make some money. Just listen to Win Daily. We'll be helping you out. You can win some money. Hopefully take down that million. Just tag us on Twitter if we uh, you got any help from us. That's all we appreciate at Win Daily Sports. Also check us out at WinDailySports.com. Everything is currently free on the website. We're going to start getting a lot more basketball content up there in the coming days in terms of sports betting, in terms of the DFS side, especially when some of this pricing becomes uh, un- unraveled or, or, or revealed, I guess. Uh, we do have some pricing, so we are going to do a little bit of that tonight, but very excited. And also don't forget, we have our free Discord chat for three days. You can hop in there. We have everything in there for free, everything from LOL to the NBA, uh, LOL being League of Legends for anyone out there that didn't know. And don't worry, I was one of those people a f- couple months ago as well. So uh, just a couple more things before we actually do start to look at this first slate a little bit. So when it comes to the Millie Maker, right? Like we're trying to win a million dollars. First place wins a million dollars. It's very difficult. There's hundreds of thousands of lineups that are in there. People are putting a lot of money in there and that's how we're able to get that million dollars. How do you look at it? So so first, for this first one, so we have a showdown, not a showdown slate, but a two-game slate for a million dollars on FanDuel, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. When it's such a small slate, how do you look at it from a strategic standpoint, understanding and probably not going to be able to put in 150 lineups? How are you trying to be contrarian, and what are some of the things that you're looking at to really build your lineups around before we really kind of go in and, and, and fine-tune everything? So like this one with FanDuel, it's $4 to enter. I'm not going to go at it with one lineup. So my first couple lineups, I'm going to try to build it optimal. You know, I'm more of an optimal GPP player, so I'm going to enter some bigger tournaments as well. But for this one specifically, I'll build a couple couple optimal where it's balanced, where I'm not overly stacking one team or one game. I'm, I'm getting that guaranteed value, and I'm getting my core plays in. So I'll build, you know, three, four, five, six lineups around a core four or five, six players, and I'll mix and match. Okay, if, you know, the Lakers decide to blow them out, maybe I'll play a little bit more of X player versus this Mm -hmm. player, and then I'll build around that core where I'm saying, okay, the Lakers are going to blow them out, maybe play some bench players from the Lakers, or the Clippers are going to blow them out. Either way, the bench is going to be involved, or I'm going to play out the the game scenario that, hey, it's going to be a tight game throughout, their starters are going to play more minutes, so let me get that value. Let me get the key guys into the game. So it really comes down to game theory. You really have to say, okay, there's two games on this slate. Let me play out how I think this is going to play out. Do I think the Pelicans are going to go out there 
and crush Utah, or I think Utah is going to go in there and play a tight game versus the Pelicans and get those game theories out and play out, okay, what would I need in order for this to work out? Um, Typically in a cash game or a normal-sized tournament, I look to get like 6X from my players. And okay, so X, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you. Yeah. So first, define uh, GPP versus cash game for everybody, just in case they don't know. Yeah. So for GPP, it's something like a million maker, or on the following slate on the 31st, there's gonna be seven, eight games, and it's a tournament where you're really you're really shooting for the top because these tournaments pay out top heavy, and the the top two percent you're gonna make some money. Top five percent you'll make a little bit of money, and then once you get past ten percent or fifteen percent, you're losing. You know, a cash game would be a head-to-head, me versus you. Um, we both throw in 10 bucks. The winner takes 20 Or a 50-50 where there's 20 people in the top 10 double up their money or something of that nature. So those are like your typical cash games, either a 50-50 double up or, you know, some three-mans or five-mans can, can be considered cash games. But in these big tournaments like this Million Maker, there's 892,000 entries that you got to beat to finish in first, to win a million dollars. And on a two-game slate, it's super tough to build a lineup that nobody has when there's 892,000 entries going in. And you got a lot of people pumping in 150 lineups to try to take it down. It becomes really tough um, to make just make a lineup that's authentic and different. Mm-hmm. And then to have that lineup be different enough to have nobody else rock that lineup and then have it become the first place lineup is going to be tough. So I would think, you know, on a two game slate, shortened kind of, you know, lineups to work with, I'm assuming there will be a tie on FanDuel on Thursday night. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's not a tie, but I think it's going to be a tie, especially with FanDuel not having a utility spot to try to get a little bit different. You know, you're locking in two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards and a center. Where on DraftKings, there's a little bit more flexibility where multiple position eligibility and then a utility spot. So there's more combinations that you can rock on DraftKings and FanDuel. And DraftKings is doing a millionaire maker um, on Friday and I even believe on Saturday as well. They got two of them going. Um, so And those are going to be wider games where there will be more mm-hmm. games to be played. So I don't know how they're going to break it down. They haven't announced all the details yet. They haven't announced the pricing. But you probably won't see a tie. So... On the DraftKings slate, I'm going to build what I consider an optimal lineup that can go against any tournament um, across the board. So if I enter it in a $300 tournament or I enter it in a cash game, I like to build optimal lines. I will do some game stacking in those optimal lines to get a little bit of more exposure to certain games I think could be a higher scoring game. And, you know, in this tournament with FanDuel, you got to get sneaky with at least a couple positions and hope somebody goes off. Hope somebody maybe gets hurt. Hope, you know, the the projections that, okay, that X guy is going to come off the bench first and it's not that guy and it's somebody else and you can be really mm-hmm. different. That's where you really, you know, are going to uh, make a run up this tournament leaderboard because, you know, it's only two games. And, you know, for the Lakers Clippers, You'd have to assume they're going to be playing this game, you know, very competitively. So it might not be a blowout and they're not going to really roll out a deep bench, but you got to get different. So there's certain players that I've already started to eye that I'm going to say, you know what, I can get different with a Reggie Jackson or I can get Mm -hmm. different with a 
potentially a Caruso or a Rondo or Dion Waiters. And another way to be different, Mike, you know, especially on a two-game slate, is just to leave extra cash on the table. With basketball, mm-hmm. I'll, I won't leave as much as I would in, you know, football or potentially baseball. But basketball, you can still leave some money on the table and don't max out your lineup on a two-game slate to be a little bit different. But basketball, to, to the least point, you know, I wouldn't leave too much on the table. You know, I feel more comfortable leaving more in baseball or, mm-hmm. or football than on basketball. Okay. All right. And we, we appreciate that information. And, and just for, for reference again, when Jason says game stack, meaning he's going to grab a couple of the same guys from the same team. That way, if one team is really going off, you're getting a lot of the percentage from that team's points. Let's say the Pelicans go out and do score 120 points. You're going to get a lot of that 120 points, meaning you're probably going to hit value or exceed it meaning you're probably going to win some money and that's the goal here. So um, with that, you know, let's talk a little bit about that game theory a little bit. So we do have this, the first two games. We have the Pelicans jazz first, and then we have the Lakers Clippers later. You talked about the Lakers Clippers kind of hypothetically a little bit, but let's talk about that first one, the Clipper or the, um, the jazz and Pelicans a little bit. So with that, how do you see that game playing out? Do you think the young guys over in the Clippers are really going to take hold and, and do their thing? And we're going to see Zion look like Bane on the court and his muscles are going to be popping out of his eyeballs. Or, or do you see the jazz, as you were saying before, kind of slow the game game down a little bit and really kind of let things happen and see where it goes from there. So as soon as Zion came back, man, they were playing, they were playing at a fast pace to begin with. And when Zion came through, they started scoring more points than pretty much everybody in the league. So the Pelicans score at a high pace. They run, they gun. They don't play that good of defense. So this game should have a high over-under. But on the opposite side, the the Jazz are the complete opposite. They play good defense. They slow you down. So there's going to be a neutral pace Mm -hmm. for the Pelicans or or potentially even a pace-down spot for the Pelicans, but they still – like to run and gun, so they, you know, there's only four four teams to pick from, so you can't avoid the Pelicans. But from a, a fundamental pace standpoint, the Jazz are playing at a higher pace than they normally mm-hmm. would in a in a neutral matchup to them. So these Jazz are interesting. I just don't like the way they're coming into this matchup. But we're gonna have to find certain players on the Jazz. So like one guy that's gonna be, you know, pretty highly owned on the Jazz is probably Mike Conley. Um, he's going to get a ton of minutes here. He's 5,700 on FanDuel. So, you know, Conley is going to be one of your, you know, one of your best Mm -hmm. options at point guard just due to value, but he's going to be highly owned for that reason as well. So if we can figure out, which I've yet to decide who's really going to be backing up Conley here, that's something that we're going to have to figure out. Is it Jordan Clarkson, who I really like, who, you know, has a high usage rate, high usage rate off the bench, or is Donovan Mitchell just going to be playing the backup point guard, you know, and just getting extra minutes here? That's the thing we got to figure out is what is the mindset of these coaches? Do they want these players to get full run and max them out on minutes to try to make, you know, a push to a higher seating? And we know the Pelicans have to win, so we can assume that with them, but I'm not sure what the Jazz do here. You know, standings wise, yeah, they can move up a little bit here and there or they can drop down, which they don't want to do. Um, but how much do they push these guys in their first game out? We spoke to David Meltzer about it. What's your take, Michael, as far as pushing these guys, you know, the starters extended minutes in the first game back? 
I don't think they're going to go too far extended with these minutes. I do think that they're probably in good shape. It seems like all these NBA players outside of that first month where they all kind of just sat inside their house. We saw Trey Young shooting socks into his hamper, right? I know obviously he's not in the tournament, but I feel like that was kind of the mindset. After that, I do believe a lot of these guys started to get out. A lot of these guys did start to get a lot of conditioning in playing basketball. And now we're starting to see pictures. Lonzo Ball, he got big dude like he got big zion slimmed down i mean he was hurt for most of the season so he couldn't really do anything any conditioning anyway came out with a little bit of that baby fat still was absolutely dominant now he's absolutely shredded and when he wears that mask look, looks like bane it gets me even more juiced up and fired up to go so it's it's going to be really interesting but i do think i think we are and you know us in the media let's call it are putting too much concern on conditioning when I think that these guys have actually been conditioning more than anything else. I mean, we yeah, saw it's in the not, con- it's, it's not really looks great too. So yeah, it's not really conditioning for me. It's just, this is the first game back. Like, I think all these dudes are probably in great shape, yes. but are they going to run out, you know, say drew holiday for 38 minutes or is he going to, or is he going to scale into it? and go 25 minutes the first game back in, and then go 35, and then go 38, and then play a full game, whatever the case may be. And I think for the Pelicans, they have to win. Exactly. I feel the safest about these Pelicans. They're going to play until the game's over, or there's a massive blowout one way or another, but they have to win this game. So their starters, Ball, Howdy, Ingram, Zion, and Derek Favors, I think across the board are very safe plays from a minute's perspective. But when you start talking about these Jazz, when you start talking about the Clippers and the Lakers, I don't know if all these people are guaranteed a full complement of minutes. So what we really need to get in touch with, you know, we got to talk to our guy Thomas, who's a beat reporter for the Clippers. I would love to know, you know, are they planning to run Kawhi out for a full run? You know, no limit restriction, no thoughts on, on, on pulling him back. And that goes for everybody across the board. Like, if we know the game plans of these coaches, and we know, hey, Kawhi is getting 25 minutes max. You know, Paul George getting 25 minutes max, which really could be the case. Mm -hmm. Then you got to go with a lot. You got to go with Lou Williams because then he's going to come in in that second unit and really try to put up points. Or you got to get even sneaker, get it like a Jermichael Green or a Montrez Harrell or or Reggie Jackson or possibly even a Shemette. Um, These second-tier players for the Clippers – that's the key to winning this week mm-hmm. or, you know, when this these first yeah. games come back. When we get in the playoffs, it's going to be so easy. We know the rotations. We know who's going to be playing, and we have everything figured out. But these first couple games in, man, I'm telling you, the winners will be the people who can predict the minutes. If you gave me a game plan for each coach that says each of these guys can get a certain amount of minutes, then I can see the matchups and I can tell you who to play. So make sure you start doing your research now. Whoever's listening, get in touch with these beat reporters. Try to figure out how they're going to roll out all these players. Because outside of the Pelicans, I can't give you any guarantees that LeBron's going to go out there and play 40 minutes. Anthony Davis is going to go out there and play you know, 40 minutes because this game is not meaningful for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact, I don't know if it was if it was Leonard or, or David Meltzer we spoke to. One good point I heard was somebody said it that Adam Silver probably went out to the Lakers and Clippers said, hey, guys, we got to put on a show. Mm-hmm. We're giving you that primetime spot back. This is the first game back or technically the second game back. I We're giving that. you Lakers versus Clippers. 
and you can't hold back. But at the same time, they're playing for a championship. They're not playing for the fans. Yeah, granted, it's the first game back. Mm-hmm. They want to show up and put a good, good performance out there. But does that guarantee that Kawhi has to play 38 minutes or 35 minutes? I don't think it does, man. I don't know. You're just trying to give away my hot takes to, you know, legendary, you know, people in the sports business. I said that. I said that to you. I said that that's what the Lakers and the Clippers are going to do. But right, no, you're just, you think Leonard Armato, former agent of Shaquille O'Neal and Hakeem uh, Olajuwon, he might have said it. Or David Meltzer of Lee Steinberg fame, he might have said it. Nope. Just little old me, Michael Rosillo, the Wendelli sports team. Not even trying to give your own team the credit there. So one thing I do want to do, I mean, we have it up in front of us. So we're actually going to pull it up now. We're going to check out some of these these pricing, the pricing, and we're going to look at some of this stuff here. So I guess at first glance, does anything pop off to you right now? I mean, obviously Kawhi Leonard is already a game time decision. Anthony Davis is not surprisingly, but does anything on this just, you know, the, the first page uh, on, on FanDuel really do anything for you right now? Um, I'm not saying, you know, I like to go position by position. So I, I like okay. to, you know, fill in either All a right. point guard or shooting guard, you know, any position that there. I feel comfortable with. You know, I would say one of the first guys that I think are, are pretty safe um, would be Donovan Mitchell, man, because he should get a, an extreme usage for, the, for Utah to, to stay in this game against the Pelicans. Mitchell has to have a good game. And, I don't even mind. I know this is kind of sneaky, and this is things that you can do to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, playing a combination of, say, Donovan Mitchell with Jordan Clarkson together, a lot of people won't have that combination because mm-hmm. they're, they're you know, Clarkson's technically the backup to Mitchell. You know, one might think that they can't go off together or they negatively correlate together, but mm-hmm. that's a way to easily be different. So, you know, that's one thing that I'll build some teams – with Mitchell and, and Clarkson together because most people are going to gravitate to the Clipper Laker game. Mm-hmm. Most people gravitate towards the Pelicans, you know, grabbing Utah players is not sexy at all. It's not like the popular vote. So, you know, Mitchell Clarkson combination at shooting guard, I think will be a, a combination that most people won't have. So maybe if only 10% of the field have that combination and it hits then I'm ahead on the entire field right there. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And then, so where do you want to hop to next? You want to go point guard, small forward? Do you want to fill in that last center spot? What are you thinking? Yes, I think, you know, LeBron, you know, he's he's got the weight of this entire league on his shoulders. So if there was a time to play him, you know, this would be a good spot. If you play him, it's going to be tough to play him with Anthony Davis together. Mm-hmm. Um, I will build some lineups like that, but for, for this case, you know, I'll take LeBron on this team. Um, and for another small forward, you know, again, I think for Utah to be playing in an up pace with Bogdanovich out, I don't mind playing Joe Ingles. So we can lock Ingles as well. So Mitchell, mm-hmm. Clarkson, LeBron, and Ingles, you know, it gets us to a nice starting point. Yeah. Other guys I like at small forward, obviously Kawhi makes a lot of sense. Brandon Ingham was playing hot at the end of the year. And we got to see – you know, if we can get any word on a Dion Waiters type to see if mm-hmm. maybe he's going to come out and, and try to do some things. And I want to I wanna really check into Utah to see who's filling all these gaps with Bogdanovich out and, and a shortened bench on their side as well. 
Mm-hmm. And how about someone like Markeith Morris? I mean, he's coming in at a crazy, crazy low salary. Uh, I think this is the Morris twin that is on the Lakers. So yeah. how do you feel like he, you know, especially at that low of a salary? I know if we're going to be making multiple lineups, I'm sure he'd figure his way in there at some point. But how how hard are you going to be looking at him towards that second game? Yeah, you know, he was getting, you know, maxed out around like 20 minutes. I don't know if his minutes mm-hmm. going to be there. But at 3,600, you don't need much. He's not like a prime target of mine at this point, mm-hmm. but a guy that, you know, like you said, at that price, he doesn't have to do much to, to hit value. So yeah. a guy I might sprinkle in here or there, but not somebody I'm going to like actively target too much. Okay, awesome. All right, all right, all right. What, uh, where do we want to go next? Do we want to fill in the point guard or the power forwards next? Um, Power forward, I think, you know, if you're going to have – three Utah players in the game, Zion, you know, I'm not just overloading on Zion, but at 7,100 for how active he is on the court and nobody really to guard him mm-hmm. on Utah. They can't, they can't run Gobert at him. He's too quick for him. So I think he's a miss. He's a mismatch versus most teams, but mm-hmm. nobody on Utah can really body him up. So Zion at 7,100, I think FanDuel priced him way too cheap for the output that he was putting out, you know, towards the end of the season here. So Mm -hmm. he was going out there and averaging, you know, 35 points. He's put up 53 points, 40 points. And at 7,100, he's almost a lock for value if he gets his minutes here and this game plays out. And with having three Utah guys, I definitely want to run back at at least one or two New Orleans guys Mm -hmm. kind of get that game stack with this specific lineup that we're making. Okay. All right. I, I like that. I mean, again, I'm, I, you know, my stance on Zion. I love him. I think he's going to be incredible, but I think he is incredible now. And I'm real excited to see what the, um, the, the newly shredded, the newly ripped Zion does and, and how, uh, how much fun he's going to be on the court. Yeah. Then at center, center is really tough right now because. Well, so we need one more power forward. Who else will be, who else will be? I want to, I want to kind of build out a center first to see where we land here. Okay. And center is not easy because the Clippers and Lakers both like play, you know, mix and match with their centers. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't really play McGee a full compliment. Then they slide in Howard, whoever's playing better. And the Clippers kind of do the same thing with Zubak and Montrez Harrell, where they both end up playing the hot hand. So there's certain days that Zubak goes out there and just crushes and there's certain days that he really just doesn't really do well at all. So mm-hmm. just for for this build, I think favors. He's got a little bit of a revenge factor. Not that I'm factoring that in at all, but he used to play for Utah. Um, he can easily go out there, you know, get you a couple blocks, a couple steals, and get you over 25, 30 points. Not the best GPP play, but I think it'll be lower owned mm-hmm. um, in this scenario. So I don't mind you know, completing more of a game stack with a low-owned player with Derek Favors, which I don't think will burn you one way or another. And he could go out there and grab you 35 points and then crush value and be in a great spot here. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. So we we have a couple point guard spots left and a power forward left. So we, built, we put in that one center spot. You want to hop over to point guard and see what we got over there? Yeah, so if you go cheap with point guard and you go, um, let's see here. I know you were all about Reggie Jackson. I mean, is that 30? Yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, you can go. There's ways here with this build. Um, We'll just leave it at this just to be different. This is probably not a lineup I'm going to lock, but I'll throw it in right now. If you go Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly, you can run it back with Anthony Davis. Not that I really like the combo of LeBron and Anthony Davis, but they've had they they have gone out and had good games together 
mm-hmm. know, and they're pretty much their entire offense um, rolled into one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't mind rolling that combo. This is, like I said, for a million maker, you got to get different. You got to get different in a lot of, a lot of spots and not only different with one player. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes being different means just rolling out combinations that you wouldn't normally do if you're just building one or two lineups. Like most people won't, like I said earlier, they won't build Mitchell and Clarkson together. They won't build Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly together. But And even LeBron and Anthony Davis is not going to be a chalk build. So this lineup that we just created, you know, I know thousands of people are going to be listening and watching it. But, you know, if you want to tie with me, tie with me. But this is a lineup that a lot of people won't have for that reason of just overstacking certain games or certain mm-hmm. positions with certain players from the same team. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. That is awesome. So there you have it, everybody. We are we are here to help when it comes to your daily fantasy sports. We're here to help for regular fantasy sports, too. But unfortunately, we only have eight games left for basketball. So we'll be here for some MLB. We'll obviously be here for some NFL as well. But we're here for basketball. We're here for betting. We're here for DFS. So when everything starts to come out, we'll be talking about the DraftKings slate a little bit more. We'll start to talk about some of these lines as we get a little bit closer and we know who is really in and who is out. I know we did a little bit last week as well. But we are excited to help you on this front so jason we appreciate it where can everybody find you on the internet man before they find me on the internet at this point in time the bet i feel the safest with across the board because it's too early to make lineups there's not enough information now i wouldn't be Mm -hmm. shocked if more people fall out even from these teams like a jazz Mm -hmm. player or maybe somebody else falls out because we're too far away okay but i talked about it on sirius um a couple days ago the pelicans line was minus one and a half DraftKings now has it at minus two. I still think it's golden. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of taking it minus two, I think the safest play, you can take it minus 120, basically just put up 120 bucks to win $100 that the Pelicans win the game outright. Don't even think about the spread of minus two. Minus 127, I don't see the Pelicans losing this game. This game is way too important for them. The Jazz is coming in, not too happy with each other, missing starters, and the Pelicans are coming in at full strength better than they were before. The Pelicans are going to smash them in the first game. Everybody wants Zion and the Pelicans to come out and make the playoffs. So they have everybody in the world rooting for them too. They're going to come out and win this game pretty easily. The line's going to keep going up and up and up. So get it now before it goes up any higher. Get it now before it goes up any higher. Make some money with us here at Wendelli Sports. That's what we're here to do. Uh, so now, Jason, you can tell everybody, where can they find you on the internet? Wendelli Sports, man. WendellySports.com. Bunch of free content on Twitter, Wendelli Sports. And on Sirius, on live streams, anywhere you want to find me. Shoot me a tweet. Shoot me an email. I'll respond right away. He always does, except to me when I text him about something important. So thank you all so much. You can find me at Michael Raziel one on Twitter. We are here on the Win Daily Sports Show to help you win a bunch of money and make sure you change your life doing it. So thank you all so much. We appreciate it, and we hope you make it a very profitable night. Later.